love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. Lee off the air, I said, hey, what are we going to talk about today? And he's like, hmm, rejection. Oh, great. I've always wanted to, you know, revisit that over and over again. But I do think it's such an important topic. And I think that our listeners, um, you know, first of all, hang on listeners, because we do we do often go to places in this radio program that are liable to open up some areas in you that are painful, but we're not doing it for the sake of hurting you. Right. We're doing it for the sake of trying to help you dig a little deeper. And so, Lee, why don't you tell us kind of what got your wheels spinning on this issue of rejection currently and kind of how it connects with all the sexual brokenness that we're we're dealing with every day? Well, I think it came up because of just beginning to look at surface answers. You know, I think we all have these surface answers in our head that tell us why we do the things we do. And I know working with a lot of the guys I work with in sexual brokenness, we've all come up with, and I say we because I included used to do it as well, is come up with this surface answer that sometimes just said, well, you just don't know. I, I'm just a man and I need lots of sex. And that's just the way I was made. And I started really praying about that surface answer one day of, you know, wow, really? I mean, that's what that's that's really what you're telling me, God, is that you just created men to need lots of sex and to be out of control sexually for the rest of their days and not know how to curb it and not know how to corral it. And what I began to realize is that there's hurts beneath that surface answer that we weren't really get diving into. And one of those became rejection. One of those hurts was a, a hurt of rejection. Well, even as you're saying that about the surface answer, I'm thinking, um, I mean, that is that is what the culture's bought into. That's what a lot of people have bought into is saying, I'm going to base all of my assessment on what I keep doing compulsively simply on how I feel. Right. And what's isn't it interesting, though, that we're not, you know, we're not inviting people to detach from their emotions but it's interesting how shallow emotions can become when you've just medicated over and over and over again through sexually addictive behaviors. True. Right? It's almost like you're 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 um, you're being fooled into thinking that you have a real depth of emotion, but really it's only been attached to your sexuality, and so you have a lot of these uh, thrilling sort of moments that are kind of flash in the pan, right. it, it, You know, sexual arousal and excitement. 
But in a way, it's almost numbing you out from going to some of those places where you're looking at things like rejection or shame or all these other wounds that are deeper, right? Sure. Well, and I think, unfortunately, you know, I think just our own sinful human nature is that we even have parents who don't like to go to the deep wounded areas. So they accidentally teach us, stay on the surface, don't go deep because it hurts too much to go deep. I mean, you just said it before we started the radio show. We're not intentionally trying to hurt you. So I think that's our our whole mentality as a culture is that if it hurts, walk away from it. Don't do right. it. Don't stay close to it. Get away quick. And I just don't think that's God's idea. I think God knew there would be hurt in this world. And I think he says, go to the hurt, find out why it's there, look at it, deal with it, don't stay on the surface. And it's interesting because like that model that you're talking about, I, I immediately think of the the old phrase that was like, hey, children are to be seen, not heard. Absolutely. Kind of thing. And I think, well, that in and of itself is a message of rejection sure. to those children, basically saying, hey, listen, your only value is your appearance. Nothing that you have that's stirring on the inside, certainly not your words. Don't interrupt life. Don't interject yourself into this family or this environment or this situation. And I mean, that starts, I think, for many, planting the seed of that rejection of saying my value is only as much as I appear to have it all together. Sure. And unfortunately, I mean, that's where rejection is one of those things that steps in because when you feel rejected and yet you don't have a parent who knows how to handle that and allow you to feel it, then they generally come up with a quick surface answer like, oh, I'm so sorry Susie rejected you and didn't want to go to prom with you you know what, it's okay, there's lots of other women out there. It's like, wow, wait a minute, I hurt, and yet nobody seems to tell me what to do with this hurt. All they tell me is don't feel it. And so then I wonder why later that I spend my life looking for things that are surface, that don't really mean anything sexually, that are quick and easy like porn or prostitutes or masturbation, where I don't really have to feel because guess what, I don't really, I've been told never to feel about it. So now, I mean, I know we've we've just dived right in here. And if we could maybe take a step back and, and help maybe our listeners, because I think we've painted some pictures of, you know, rejection. But how would you help a person understand if they were simply trying to define, hey, how do I know what's the difference between, you know, rejection, abandonment, shame? I mean, I know they're not necessarily disconnected from one another. But if you were to say, let's hone in just on rejection how would you help a person define that? Because I think we all have pictures in our minds of saying, hey, if somebody says, I mean, if somebody just flat out says, I don't want you, okay, that's a real clear picture of rejection. Right. But in terms of more of the subtle ways that maybe rejection manifests itself, how would you help a, a client or just someone understand the concept of rejection? Well, I think it is the same message, I don't want you, but sometimes it's dressed differently. Mm. You know, you take, you know, we won't talk about your off-air uh, uh, example of your own childhood. Yeah, I rolled my eyes like, great, my wounds are going to open up again. <laughs> That's right. But we've all experienced rejection in the dating world, even as a yeah. 10-year-old or an 11-year-old or an 8-year-old when we asked little Susie to go with us the first time, and she says, no, that's rejection. That may not be. Or an, says no way. That's right. No way is even stronger, right? Yeah. And so it's not that I don't want you, but it is an example of I don't want you. Mm-hmm. You're not good for me. I don't want to be with you. I like him better. 
And what happens is, you know, you're never going to protect either your children or you could never have been protected from that because everybody has the right to say, no, not interested. But what happens is, is how do we handle that as, as kids and how do, as parents, how do we handle when our kids are rejected? And re- so rejection can be the, the statement, I don't want you, but you can dress it up in many different ways. I don't want you. Uh, you're not the right person for me. I don't like the way you look. I wish you were wealthier. I wish you were stronger. I wish you had, were taller. I wish you had a different body type. I don't like your personality. I mean, all of those things that say there's something about me that, that this person doesn't like. And we tend to go two roads. We either find that in general, I can overcome that and, and find people who do like me. But what about the guy who never really found that he was liked? What if he kept feeling rejection along the way? Depending on what happened, his wound either gets deeper or sometimes maybe it gets wrapped around some pride that says, you know what, I don't care if they don't like me. I'm going to go out and find that girl that likes me. or I'm going to go out and conquer the world. When on the inside, he's still that little boy going, nobody really likes me. They don't really like who I am. I'm never going to measure up, but I'm going to make sure that I puff up big enough to where everybody sees just my strength. And isn't it interesting, too, that I think, you know, tying that in with some of the surface answers then that we might get told along the way, which is, you know, if if somebody, if if a child was to ever express, man, that felt like crap when little Susie didn't want to, you know, hang out with me or whatever. And and if and then somebody might say, well, listen, you know, you you have got to find a better place to find your self-worth and all this kind of stuff. And while there may be some truth to that, it's essentially it's saying we're not going to deal with how you were just rejected. Right. And you need to sort of bow up, man up, you know, and just suck it up and move on. Right. And in a way, it's it's kind of like that's the additional rejection on top of the initial rejection. Absolutely. Because it's saying the initial rejection was Susie didn't want to go out with me. The second rejection was you shared that with somebody and they said, well, (laughs) that's not important anyway. Right. It's like, oh, great. So I got rejected by Susie. Then my emotions that I'm feeling got rejected by whoever, dad, mom, friend, whatever. Right. And so it's just one rejection after another, after another. And like you said, then they have this choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to just sort of do what they're saying and suck it up and keep going and never deal with this? Right. Or am I going to find some way to medicate it? And And either way, it's sucking it up and just dealing with it, right. even if you find a way to medicate. But what you end up finding is, a, 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 especially in this situation, we're talking about a guy who gets rejected that way then what he ends up finding is if if you look at it, it's not that he just really likes sex. It's that he really finds that shallow sex is easy mm-hmm. and he just has to have a lot of it so that he doesn't have to really relate. It's kind of like, you know, when when a kid does say, you know what, little Susie rejected me. You know what, I'm going to play the field and I'm never going to let my heart in on somebody else and I'm never going to let my heart know somebody and I'm going to be the rejector from here on out. And I'm only going to use you for what I want. And then I'm going to drop you by the wayside because that's what's important. Mm-hmm. And, and and I will tell on myself here because because I think it, it does it does connect here because, you know, I I, um, you know, I faced some rejections early on sixth grade. I won't get into it, <laughs> but it kind of planted a seed in me that was like. I I thought things were for one thing I had an expectation as a young kid thinking 
if you if you pursue something or if you go after something, it should just come easily. Right. And so, man, that rocked my world when things didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And I think it planted a seed in me that was saying exactly what you're saying. I, I don't like that. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that doesn't happen to me anymore. Sure. And it's the irony of that is then I become the rejector. Right. And and I remember, you know, when I did start uh, dating in high school and college, I never made it past three months with any girl because usually in the two to three month range, that's when any dating relationship is going to hit sort of a a, a wall that says, okay, are we just are, are we just silly little friends here that are flirtatious or are we actually going to get to know each other? And every time it got to that wall, it'd be like, see you later. Right. I'm not going there because if I hand something over to you, then there's the likelihood that what I experienced as a little kid is going to come back to bite me and you're going to be able to tell me I don't want you. Sure. And so I just say, I'll, I'll say it first. I don't want you. I'm right. out of here. That's right. Then I don't have to risk being hurt mm-hmm. and then I don't have to really risk knowing people. And that's, I believe, you know, it's like one guy said, you know, and, and he said, you know, I realized that that if I could just put notches on my bedpost of how many girls I could actually sleep with, that would give me a temporary value. But if they really knew me, they may not really value me. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's important to mention here, it's not just uh, your story. I mean, I was rejected as well. And I, as listeners may know by now, I went off into homosexual sin. But the same rejection happened. You know, you go to... And, and if anybody's named Susie out there, we're promising that it's not yeah. just Susie's that does this, but it's the name we seem to be using. But we go to little Susie, and and, we, and I went to her and said, hey, I, will you go with me? No. Will you go with me? No. Will you? No. And so before I knew it, it was, I just want to be your friend. You're just like a friend. It's like before you finally realize it, it's like, you know, even as a kid, you start to realize, wow, there's something about me that girls don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. And... So rejection in general can cause all kinds of brokenness. And I'm not saying that will never happen. I'm saying it's how it gets dealt with. And sometimes we as parents also don't really know how to handle rejection. You know, it's like, uh, it's like a, a dad coming to a son and saying one of two things. You know, man, dad, little Susie doesn't want to know me. Oh, you know what? You'll be all right. Go play. You know? That's one response. The other response is, you know what, son, you're a great boy and you're a chip off the old block and you're going to you're going to know how to love women well and you you just you don't worry about it. You're only 10 right now. That's your first attempt. You got a great head on your shoulders. You are a great little boy, you know, you're you're good looking. You know, you're going to be great. You just keep trying. You'll find that perfect woman out there, that perfect girl. You know, which sounds better? You know, the the second one, because it tells that little kid, oh, even my dad's saying, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that we sometimes fail at as parents, is we forget to use the words, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's really all the kid's looking for, is why didn't little Susie want me? Oh, don't worry about it, you know, just go on and play. You know what, you're not, you're too young to get married. I, I had one guy whose dad told him, well, you're too young to get married, and Jesus only wants you to date women you'd be interested in marrying. It's like, you know, 11 years old, it's like this kid, it was way over his head, and all, right, he, yeah. took, all he took away from it was, wow, so I should only date that, I, how will I even know if I want to marry her without getting to know her first? And he didn't walk away thinking how great he was, he walked away going, well, I guess this little girl didn't want me, and so I must not be somebody she'd ever want to marry. And so it set up a, a lifetime for him of looking at porn, masturbating, 
you know, surface sex so that he never had to really get to know a girl deep enough to really want to marry her because that was a fear for him now. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, and to me what gets so convoluted in all this, is especially when a person starts latching on to porn and, like you like you said, surface sex and these kind of things, is that all of that that is expressed through our sexuality Man, it brings up powerful emotions. Absolutely. It brings up powerful feelings that can deceive us into thinking that we've had deep connection sure. with someone or that we're tapped into our emotional self. And But it's interesting, again, how it's it's not real. Right. It, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying the emotion you're feeling isn't real. Sure. But it's not real in the sense of it being able to cause you to know how to engage real relationships. Sure. Because we have to be honest. I mean, sex is intimate. Mm-hmm. Whether you have a sex with a prostitute or your wife, it, there is a moment of intimacy there that says closeness to you because it does feel close. God designed it that way. Right. But it's quick and cheap and easy, and so the intimacy only lasts for a moment, and it's never life-giving. It's always life-taking. So when you realize that, it's either, okay, do I just sit here and, and, and do quick intimacy and never let people really know me? Or do I really get to know people? Well, rejection says I don't really want people to know me because if they really know me, they're not going to like me anyway. Mm-hmm. So if people, you know, I'm sure we have lots of listeners out there that are resonating with this. They're going, yes, this is bringing up some things in my childhood and some memories of me with, you know, Susie or Johnny or whoever. And these Absolutely. these moments of pain that have just been masked over the years, covered up, ignored what is the benefit of a person maybe revisiting some of those things in order to try to deal with the rejection? Like how would that person begin to deal with those historical aspects of rejection, but also what connection would that have to them today in maybe growing and being able to be free from those? Because some people may not even realize that if they haven't dealt with those rejections in the past, they still have a present effect on how that person is processing life, maybe even unconsciously. Sure. Well, and I think uh, <laughs> you know, I think we are sometimes in a fish tank because we talk about this all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I could see hurt in your eyes as you were talking about that childhood experience, you know, and I could feel the hurt in my own heart as I talk about my own childhood experience. But we we know that most men don't get to that place. They don't have those kinds of conversations. You know, but I think when you go and you talk to either a best buddy or somebody you can really talk to or even a counselor and you just say, hey, I want to talk about what it was like to be me growing up. You know, did I ever feel rejection? You know, sometimes you are, you know, the the big man on campus, so to speak. You're the little football jock at eight year at an eighth grade and every mm-hmm. all this, the uh, cheerleaders want you. But there's going to be a time where you didn't feel wanted, and so that can still hurt you. It can still cause rejection. Or you may have been the kid who you didn't feel like anybody wanted you, and that can still cause rejection. But no matter how you've covered that over as an adult, maybe you're the CEO now and you don't have to really feel as insecure because guess what? I've made it now. Or mm-hmm. maybe you're the high school football star who's who, who doesn't see anything good in his life right now because he, he can't live on the football field anymore. I mean, either way, if you can go back to those places of rejection and just say, okay, Lord, show me where I've been rejected. Show me where I've started seeing things about myself that weren't true and what I've done to try and fill that in. 
because we always know that porn is easy because there's no requirement of connection. Mm -hmm. So she'll never reject you. You know, Miss October, Miss November will never reject you. And so that's what makes it easy. And isn't it interesting? They will never reject you because they don't know you. Absolutely, because the minute they got to know you, they actually might reject you. Yeah. Not on purpose or not because you're bad, but because people hurt one another. Or maybe they don't quite measure up. To, or maybe you don't measure up to their expectations. But that's not the point here. The point is is that if they get to know you, then you become a real person. And I think that's an important point to make is the reality of rejection and disappointment and, and hurt in any relationship. Sure. And so this isn't this isn't really a talk about saying, okay, let's talk about the the seasons of life or the moments in which you've been rejected so that you can sort of uh concoct this formula now that will prevent all rejection from your future. It's more about I think saying let's look at those realistically so then you can begin to learn what it takes to heal from them. And how you can face what is certain to be upcoming disappointments and rejections and and pain in a in a relationship, even on the even in the healthiest of relationships. Sure, you know I think about I think about how far my wife and I have come in our recovery and restoration, and yet so many times we will look at each other and we'll say, you know, we'll just kind of look at each other and go, "Wow, we can really be mean to each other." Sure, and we can really push each other away and, in essence, reject one another. Absolutely. And and it's it's amazing to me how we get in our minds sometimes that if we could just get it right, if we could just figure out how to deal with some of these things so that they'll never happen again, I think if we do that, we actually end up prolonging, first of all, our healing. Sure. But then we never really, I think it even has the the, the secondary effect of then we really don't pursue what's necessary in building a healthy relationship. Right. Well, because if you look at it, really the only time you didn't feel rejection very much is when you were caught up in your own addiction. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? You know, you typically made sure you didn't feel rejection. If it was porn, if it was a prostitute, if it was sex anonymously with somebody, you know, it was like if they said no, it wasn't, didn't hurt so bad because it's mm-hmm. like, so... I didn't really care about them. I don't have anything invested in you. Right. So the only way to really keep rejection from ever happening is to never have relationships, which is what leads to addictive, sexually broken behaviors in the first place. I think of the the C.S. Lewis quote that says the the only place outside of heaven that one can be free from the dangers of love is hell. Amen. And that's absolutely true. And he's saying there's danger. It's it's not. There's not always this sense of safety and you're never going to be hurt, you're never going to be wounded. But it's there's I have at least on this side of the fence have come to discover that I would rather be in a, an honest, real relationship with my wife where we have our knockdown dragged out arguments and disappointments and fears and failures and all of that than to still be pretending that I'm connected to my wife. While, st- while over here doing the whole pseudo-connection thing sure. in my addiction and porn and all that. Absolutely. And I think that's what's important for a listener to understand is we are not telling you that you'll never feel rejection again. We're telling you it's important to look for the rejections in your life and actually address them. Look at them. Don't hide from them because that's what, unfortunately, sometimes along the way we were taught is how to hide from them. 
You know, and that's unfortunately what a parent does when they say, oh, I'm sorry, Susie didn't want to go to prom with you. There's lots of other fish in the sea. Go ahead and look for another fish. You know, it's like that doesn't really address his hurt. What his hurt is is, you know, he wants to hear, am I okay? You know, Dad, he, she rejected me. Is it okay? And I, and I put this mostly on dads, especially because I know most of our audience, I know there's women that certainly listen as well, but we're, we're speaking to men's sexually brokenness, sexual brokenness here, and it's important to say... You know, most of the time it comes from a dad that, you know what, you're going to be okay. There's nothing wrong with you. I look at you and I see a great man, a, a boy who's turning into a great man and who has a great mind and he's he's a good-looking guy and every girl's going to be, or not every, you don't want to put any kind of fantasy in his eyes. Right. <laughs> but you want to at least offer to him that, you know, there will be that perfect girl out there for you someday and she's going to see you perfectly. But when you brush it off with some sort of surface answer, then he walks away going, I don't have my, my, my answer. I still got the question of why am, I, why am I not good enough, but I guess I'm not supposed to feel about it. Mm-hmm. And so if a listener can grab onto that and begin looking at that, then I can almost guarantee him that later he'll be less likely to reject. Because that's exactly what happens in our sexual brokenness. You know, you have a wife sitting at home. And you don't think about her as you're driving off to go have sex with your prostitute or sex with some guy in a public restroom or you want to go masturbate in your computer room. You don't think of what I'm doing to her because you've already decided nobody thought of me. So all I got to do is get my needs met. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what I'm doing to her. If you can grab onto this understanding that I really want deep relationships then you'll feel less rejected, and therefore your heart will not want to reject others quite as easily. And the the picture that keeps coming in my mind, because I see these these words that are like this this journey that we need to go on from rejection to the reassurance. Absolutely. And and the the best picture that I get in my mind is the woman at the well. Absolutely. With Jesus. Here's this woman that goes out when all the other ladies have already gotten their water because she's filled with shame. She's been rejected. She's been married five times. She's living with a guy who's not her husband. She knows and has tasted rejection on the deepest level. Absolutely. And Jesus looks at her and says, I don't reject you. That's right. I've got water that will that you will never thirst again. And and when I see that picture, I think, man, that's that's what people need to drink in. And that's Absolutely. that's the kind of messages, not only that I think we need to receive, that's the kind of messages we need to send and give to other people. Because I think sometimes we don't realize how powerful our words are. Sure. And when we say things like, oh, listen, it's no big deal, son. Just n- plenty of fish in the sea. Go, go do whatever. In essence, we're saying, I, I don't want you. Right. Go, you don't go burn in the hot sun out there gathering your water because I don't want to give you any water that's going to quench your thirst. That's right. And I'm afraid to get close to you, mm-hmm. so I'll give you this surface answer that doesn't that I don't even know that I believe, but it's harder to go deep with you, and maybe you're not worth going deep. And I'm offering that because I don't think it's because Dad doesn't think he's really worth it, but he's afraid to go deep as well. See, deep does lead to finding pain. When you go deep, you're going to find pain. Mm-hmm. One way or the other, you're going to find pain. But the best way to heal is to know where the pain is in the first place. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. 
please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it.